Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome back to Passive Real Estate Investing, episode number nine. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli, and this is the show for busy people like you to build substantial passive income and create wealth for the long term. We have a great show today. We're going to be talking about syndications, and I have an excellent guest who's had an amazing success story. So stay tuned for that. You'll learn a lot. It was just a great interview. But before we get to that, I just wanted to thank all our listeners and subscribers for making this show such a great success. We have exceeded our expected downloads, and we are now being heard in 51 countries from Canada all the way south to New Zealand and Australia. Beautiful countries. So thank you to all our listeners for that. And also the comments and reviews have been great. Thanks to everyone. Keep them coming. We'd like the feedback and hopefully we'll uh, post some of those on the show here in the next couple of weeks. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Okay, today's guest is Joe Fairless. From being the youngest vice president of a New York City ad agency to creating a company that in six months controlled over $7 million of property, Joe Fairless lives up to his fearless, fearless nickname. He's the host of the popular podcast, Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show, and is closing on a 250-unit apartment this summer worth over $14 million. He's on the Alumni Advisory Board for Texas Tech University and the Board of Directors for Junior Achievements. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Marco. Glad to be here. It's great to have you. I have to be honest with you. I'm really excited to have you as a guest because not only do you guys have a great podcast, and I really don't know how you put out one episode every day. It's I don't know where you find the time. But you have a great success story, which I know we'll dive into here in, in a few minutes. So I'm really excited to have you on. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm glad to be be on the show and uh, really quick on how I have the time. I just prioritize it because I've seen that the pot the daily podcast has been incredibly valuable uh, from a friendship and from a business standpoint. So really, it 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 makes room for itself. Sure. Yeah. I mean, those relationships you could really leverage, and there's probably a small percentage of those people that you could bring into your projects and your syndication. So I think that you know just is what time well spent. Yeah. Give our listeners a sense of geography. Where are you located? Well, I am in Cincinnati now. I recently moved to Cincinnati from New York City uh, about a month or two ago. And uh, I was in New York City for 10 years, so a decade. And then prior to that, I'm from Texas. I grew up in Texas and uh, went to Texas Tech University. You mentioned I'm on the alumni, alumni advisory board there. And uh, once I graduated in 2005, lived in New York for 10 years, and then um, a couple months ago, moved to Cincinnati. Was that a big move? Uh, was that culture shock? Uh, a little bit different of a culture in Cincinnati <laughs> than, than New York City. <laughs> it was time for a life change, a, a different lifestyle for me. I've been living in the same apartment for the last nine years in the East Village in Manhattan. Wow. And it, it was just, um, you know, it's, it's 
it was time for something else. Uh, so now I'm living in Cincinnati, got a girlfriend here and doing kind of more, more of the, what, what people typically do, uh, outside of New York city. Yeah. I, I would have to imagine that probably the biggest change or the biggest shock was the price difference between the cost of your rent in New York versus where you are now. Yeah. And, uh, I'm actually living in a model unit that for a property I have. So the, the cost for rent is extremely low, AKA free. So, um, it's a big difference. <laughs> wow. So here's a head scratcher. Being a vice president of a New York city ad agency sounds like a, a good paying job or maybe a high paying job. So why would you leave a position like that? And how did you get started in real estate? Cause that's a, that's a 180 degree shift. Yeah, well, uh, I'll start by saying I started at the bottom of advertising, and it was not a good-paying job. Um, I was making about $30,000 when I first moved to New York City, so that's uh, for anybody who uh, has remembers making that or currently makes that um, or wants to make it, you'll know that mm -hmm. it's about seven fifty dollars uh, every two weeks after taxes. Wow. And my rent, my rent was seven fifty, dollars uh, so everything else went to you know living. Uh, whenever I first moved to New York City, and then after I uh, I progressed in my advertising career, I was making one hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars, not including bonus. Um, so I was making you know well, I guess well into six figures, one hundred and fifty mm -hmm. um, sal base salary. And um, what I realized is what got me to that point where I went from thirty thousand to to one hundred and fifty was because I cared about what I was doing and I was passionate about it and I, I was uh, living and, and, and breathing it. And whenever I just became disinterested in advertising as a profession, um, working in ad agencies, I knew I had to do something else because one thing about me, um, whenever I'm focused on something, it is scary how dedicated and persistent I am. But on the flip side, if I do not care about something, then I'm completely and utterly apathetic towards it. Right. And I, I knew that once I got the itch to, to leave advertising, I better move quickly just because I know myself and I, I needed to do something. I mean, similar to the podcast um, that I'm doing now. Uh, I'm doing, I'm, I'm all in on it. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm doing it daily. And a lot of people mention, how the heck can you have time to do that plus you've got you know the you're closing on a 250 unit deal you got a 168 unit deal yeah uh, now I have a girlfriend I mean <laughs> I've got clients that I teach multifamily and raising money how do you do it and, and it's just I prioritize my time based on my area of focus um, and I, I, I make it so you know I was uh, teaching real estate classes in New York City on the side while I had my advertising job and um, then I became, and I was teaching people how to uh, invest in other places but live in New York City because I lived in New York City but invested in Texas. Right. Uh, and I, I had um, three, I still I have three homes in Texas. I had four at the time, I sold one. Um, so I, I have four or three single family homes. I was teaching people how to do it, uh -huh. uh, how to invest passively um, in homes and have a management company. Um, rent it out for you, and then it's it's you know turnkey uh, more or less. And you know I, I spend about five minutes a month on my properties, my homes. Right. Um, completely different case with apartments, but on my homes, about five minutes a month. Um, so you know that that's that's where my real estate 
um, passion and interest came from. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of an evolution. And then once I uh, saw something on raising money, I actually went to Rich Dad Poor Dad seminar, mm-hmm. and uh, they said, single-family homes won't get you to where you want to be. And I was like, what? Because that's all I knew. Right. And and they said, you've got to invest in larger stuff. you got to invest in apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. And that's whenever I started studying up on it, read some books, read a lot of books, not just some, read a ton of books, mm-hmm. and uh, ended up meeting with some people, learned from them, and uh, started doing it on my own. Uh, before I left advertising, I started studying it. Uh, so I started studying it in around October of of. 2012, I think. Right. Um, and then in January of 2013 is whenever I made the leap and started my own company. So you bought those four properties in Texas before um, you made the leap into syndications. You were still working in New York. Yes, that's correct. Okay. And that's how you qualified for the financing, obviously. Yeah. And, and that's why, and that's also a main reason why I did multifamily and raising money because after I left my job, I couldn't buy anything. Um, on my own credit, right. or on my own, you know, W two, so I, it necessitated me to learn how to, um, you know, how to be creative and and how to to raise money and buy something with investors. So, how do you make the leap from going from single family homes to syndications? How do you or anybody? How do you make that jump? Because for a lot of people, that seems like an enormous leap. Yeah. Well. Um, you first is what I would recommend, and you know usually what people recommend is what they did or what they learned from um, that they shouldn't do and you shouldn't do. So I'll, I'll tell you what I did and and kind of what I learned, uh, and I think that's the best approach um, to to you know kind of approach this. So um, you make the leap by first educating yourself. Um, there's no substitute for, for knowledge. Agreed. And, um, all I did was I just read as many books as I could. I read, um, uh, how to buy and sell apartment buildings, um, by Steve Burgess, uh-huh. or it's, maybe it's called buying and selling apartment buildings by Steve Burgess. Yep, I read, good book. yeah, it's a really good book, mm-hmm. really applicable and, and practical book. I read, um, Commercial real estate investing for dummies. I read um, um, Contrarian Investor. Uh, I've read um, uh, Dolph DeRuz's book, Commercial Real Estate Investing. I read a lot. Mm-hmm. And then once I, and th- and by the way, the advice, uh, the the process I'm talking about right now is the process I recommend taking in anything, whether it's jumping from residential to commercial or from storage units to mobile sure. homes or one job to another. Um, so first, I educated myself with books. Sure. Sec- secondly, I started talking to as many people as possible who are successfully doing what I wanted to do. Um, then I attempted to implement it myself, um, and I hit roadblocks, uh, and I reached a plateau uh, where I was needing some advice and some one-on-one help. 
Um, and at that point I reached out to someone who I came across and I paid him as a consultant and, and he helped me get to the next level and specifically close on my first multifamily property, which happened to be 168 unit, which is mind boggling looking back on it where I had purchased single family homes, only four of them. And then I buy 168 right, unit by, right. by raising a million over a million <laughs> bucks. That's you know, amazing. It's, 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 it's not the typical path and there's, all sorts of psychological uh, things that we have to uh, have in order to make that happen as well. But uh, tactically speaking, that's how you do it. Nice. You know, we're kind of making a, an assumption here that all of our listeners understand what a syndication is or a syndicated deal. Can you maybe tell our listeners what a syndication sure. is or a syndicated deal is just so we yeah. you know, cover everybody? Yeah, um, really simple. Um, everybody listening on this show, I would suspect, has participated in a syndication. And all a syndication is, um, is a, a group of people who are putting a little bit of money up to participate in something um, that they likely couldn't afford on their own. So um, an example is when you fly from one city to another, you pay a ticket and everybody pays a ticket a price and then collectively you're paying enough to cover the cost of the airplane um, and the pilots and the crew and all the other expenses and you get from point A to point B. Um, you have an objective and you participate with others to achieve that objective together. Mm -hmm. That's all That's all syndication is and now for real estate um, what I do and what a syndication is is where you where you raise money from investors and you buy something together. Uh, in this case, I I buy apartment complexes or communities, and um, then we share in the profits together based on the success of that property. Nice. Yep. Great analogy with the uh, air airplane. So offline, you mentioned that your first syndication, the 168 unit apartment is about two years old now and that you're in the process of selling it. I kind of scratched my head and I thought, why would you want to sell that if you had turned that property around, you have a low vacancy, and now you've got ongoing cash flow. Wouldn't it, doesn't it make sense to keep that property? Yeah, it does make sense to keep the property um, in certain circumstances, but ultimately the first question I would ask um, myself and my investors is what are our goals? And um, what's the what, what's the life cycle of the property, um, and quite frankly, where are we at in the multifamily cycle in the market that we're in? And um, the the perfect storm of of all of that is that we've basically um, completely refreshed the the resident profile. Um, we've turned over the majority of the units at our property over the last two years. And we've, we've gotten it to a place where it's, it's cash flowing and it's, it's stabilized. And now there's an opportunity based on how, hard, how hot our sub-market is. Mm -hmm. um, there's actually a, develop, a retail development literally right next door to us um, breaking ground in a couple months. Uh, because of the hot activity, there's an opportunity to take our property to another level. And that level would require putting in, say, I'm arbitrarily making this up, say 2000 a unit. 
Um, and when you put in 2,000 a unit, you know, when, when, when you multiply 2,000 times 168, that is... 2,000 times uh, 168? Yeah, 336,000. So that's about yes. $350,000. Um, plus a lot of man hours or woman hours. Right. <laughs> uh, plus, plus a lot of other things. And um, ultimately, when, when I look at the exit of anything, I look at it from the buyer's eyes. Um, and I look at it w from the stance of, is it, would this be appealing to me as a buyer? Uh, and this property that we have definitely would be because there's major opportunity to take it to another level. Um, so you always want to leave some, as they call it, meat on the bone right. for, for the next person to, to own it. So where we're at is anytime we can... Uh, exceed our stated objectives going into the deal, then we're going to take a hard look at that, um, especially if we can still set up the next buyer for some opportunity to make money as well. Right. Yeah, that's that's a great philosophy. It sounds like the market conditions there, maybe it's a seller's market, but the market conditions are conducive for you to take this property and sell it for a profit. But you've also... Um, executed what you might call forced equity. So you've taken an asset that was maybe in fair condition and you've improved it. You've built in additional equity. So you've taken it from X to $7 million. And now you've got a lot of equity sitting there that you could put to better use. And so you and your partners have just decided to sell this, take your equity and go on to the next bigger project. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. And if, 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 if you read, um, uh, contrarian investor, that he talks about that. He talks about how you go in, you add value, you force appreciation, mm -hmm. then you exit and you put that money towards a 1031 exchange um, where you can t defer your taxes to a later date mm -hmm. and you use that to buy a larger property and you just keep going up the, the food chain. And uh, that's, that's what our plan is going to be on this as well. So briefly speaking, I know the biggest challenge with syndications is finding investors and raising capital. It's not that difficult to find a good deal if you, you know, put the effort in. But the problem is, is with the securities laws in the U.S., you can't advertise. So you, you're very limited in what you can do, and you often have to resort to the people that you know. So how do you go about finding investors and raising capital for a syndication? Well, I'd say there's uh, two levels. Um, one is the first level I was at on my first deal, and two is the second level I'm at on, on this deal in Houston uh, because they're, they're different ways. Um, the first one, it's just people, as you said, it's people I know. Uh, it, it was I, The first one, no family members invested in it. It was um, all, and I only say that because it doesn't, I don't have a rich uncle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I wasn't born, you know, in, in a, uh, a wealthy family. It wasn't a poor family, but wasn't in a wealthy family either. Yeah. Um, so it was people who had known, know me through life. Uh, I had, um, three people invest from my advertising career days. Um, I had one guy invest who's on my flag football team. Uh, I had, uh, two people invest who are on the alumni advisory board with me at Texas Tech. Um, I had two people, uh, invest with me who were college buddies and are good friends of mine. Um, it just, it, it really, it really, um, boiled down to 
the opportunity, the credibility, sure. um, and the relationship that I had with them. And the second part is now on my second deal, um, it's uh, been a lot faster. I'll just say that because the first one went well and is going well. And the second one, um, I had $200,000. You mentioned the podcast. I raised $200,000 uh, from people who um, had know me from the podcast. Wow, that's and, great. And, that, and that's it. So, um, yeah, you know, the, it, the key thing is the relationships that you just mentioned. That's the key. That's, I mean, that's the key to life. <laughs> it is. It is a relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For anybody listening to this thinking that, you know, they want to, they want to go down the road of a syndication, starting that syndication. You can't advertise. It's just, I mean, there are a few small exceptions, but you won't raise enough capital to do what you want to do in terms of apartments. Now, some of those rules have changed recently with crowdsourcing, crowdfunding, the, these new laws that came out of the Jobs Act. But still, you need to be really careful. And usually that's limited to accredited investors who are people who you know make more than $200,000 earned income every year and have a net worth over a million dollars. And that excludes your personal residence. So that really narrows the field down. I, I, I'm kind of reluctant to ask you this question, but did you make any kind of promise or, or offer in terms of returns? Because that's usually an area that people get into trouble. I never make a guarantee about anything um, because if anybody guarantees you a return in real estate, then you should run the other way, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, what what I do with my deals is we have what the next best thing, uh, which is called a preferred return. And I know you're probably familiar with it, but I'll just elaborate. Sure. Uh, a preferred return is a, a promise to pay the investor first before uh, I make any money on the deal. Um, off the cash flow of the property. So um, a preferred return could be, say, 6%, 7%, 8%. 8%. So they get the first 8% uh, of the cash flow based on what their investment was. And then there's usually a split after that, and then maybe another split. depends on how it's structured. Um, But a preferred return is the next best thing. Okay, great. Good structure too, by the way. So before we segue to kind of the passive investing side of this, what did you like the most about syndications? What have you learned to like the least about syndications? Because everything has, you know, it's exciting and positive side, but everything has a little bit of baggage. Yeah, I would say what I like the most is um, it's an incredible business model for the investors and for myself. Um, It's, it, it allows... Uh, in individuals to participate in a purchase of a very large apartment community that they likely wouldn't be able to purchase otherwise. They can do it. They can do it passively. You know, keeping with the theme of this episode, yep. you do it passively, um, and you get the. And I'm not a CPA, but you get some some tax benefits as well um, based on your your investment and the depreciation of the property. Um, so while you might be receiving money in reality. Um, on paper, the IRS shows you're losing money um, because of the depreciation on the property, and th- and that's right. huge. Yeah, that's the, that's probably the number one reason why my big time um, high net worth investors invest in uh, invest in, in syndicated deals with me. Uh, and what I don't like about it, and this is what I've I've looked at with my um, with my model, 
is I know I it's kind of a, a self reflection and and um, what I enjoy doing, what I don't enjoy doing. What I don't enjoy doing as much is getting getting in on the management um, and managing it very closely with my management company um, that doesn't have equity uh, in the deal with us. Um, what I found is a management company that has equity ownership in the deal with us will act very differently than a management company that's just collecting their 4% fee off sure. rents. Um, Absolutely. So, so I would say um, working with management companies that are participating in the deal with us, um, like I'm doing in the Houston deal, uh, is the way to go. And that's one thing that um, I've learned, especially with syndication. Was that hard to do? No, no. You just gotta you just gotta find the right partner. Sure. Yeah. So you know the theme of you know being a passive real estate investor. There are a lot of people who like the idea of syndications, but don't necessarily necessarily want to be an active investor and put the syndication together. So, is there a way for an investor to find a syndicated deal? It's the problem is you, you can't as a syndicator you can't advertise. So it's not like you can do a Google search or pick up the newspaper. Uh, I don't know when the last time was that I read a newspaper, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's not like you can look it up. So unless you know somebody who's, you know, doing a syndication or know somebody who knows somebody, you really are kind of walking in the wilderness. So how do you find a syndicated deal? Uh, you're right. Yeah. You, it, you, you won't, you, you shouldn't find, um, find it in the newspaper or, um, although, as as the government regulations continue to evolve, I think we're going to see more and more um, opportunity for that later. But that's another topic. Yeah. Um. I I would say that um, how you find well, you you listen to real estate interviews. Number one. Uh. Number two. Uh. Just Google syndication and see what comes up. There's mm -hmm. uh, a couple people you can reach out to me, and if I don't have an opportunity, I can recommend people. Mm -hmm. who I know, like, and trust, who do syndicated deals. Um, I'd be happy to do that. And uh, really, it's, it's, it's a, a word-of-mouth network. I mean, it's funny. Uh, people who want to learn how to do syndicated deals and how to raise money, um, there's, there's not a lot of books out there no. um, that, that teach about this stuff. I mean, there's, I think Gene Trowbridge has one. That's right. I think it costs like $10 billion or something. <laughs> And and uh, I I know he has a course um, and and there are some others some I wouldn't recommend sure um, but uh, it's really about speaking to like talking shoot me an email um, I'll I'll be happy to give you recommendations for people um, or um, you know bigger pockets is is a good resource to sure um, kind of it it has a good BS meter yeah um, <laughs> and when people post things. So um, that's another uh, th that would be another source. I actually posted my opportunity um, uh, in a way I could uh -huh. on bigger on bigger pockets and and uh, raise some money through that website um, from from people. So it's it's you know that's a good resource as well. Sure. So just to go full circle and kind of wrap this uh, you know this topic up. At a 40,000-foot level, how would you compare investing in residential investment properties, meaning one- to four-unit properties, how would you compare that to syndicated deals? I know they're, they're quite different. It's an apple to an orange. But just for our listeners at a 40,000-foot level, how would you kind of compare and contrast those two? Um, 
so if 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 uh, someone were looking at investing in single family home versus investing in passively a syndi- passively syndicated deal, um, well, I'd say your um, your involvement will be more uh, on single family home because you have you're you're the one responsible. You might have a management company, um, but you're the one responsible for. Um, managing the management company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, while it won't, if, if you buy correctly, it might not be intensive, time intensive, um, but you will have to spend a little bit more time. Um, I'd say there, I would say there's less risk in syndicated deals because the people who are putting the syndicated deals on um, and you're choosing to invest with them, you're choosing to invest with them because they have experience and a track record, and it's not their first, second, or third rodeo. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I would say the more experienced team members, this is with anything in real estate, um, the more experienced team and the more you know, like, and trust the team, the more likely your project's going to be successful. Um, ask any experienced person who invests passively in deals and they say the number one thing they look for is who are the people um, who are putting the deal on, the sponsors of the deal. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'd say from, uh, I'd say there's less risk, and this is generally speaking, uh, sure. but there's there's rest, less risk in syndicated deals, um, and they're a little bit less time. Mm-hmm. But with single family homes, I'd say they're um, uh, more liquid, probably. Uh, because you can probably sell them faster than if sure. you had shares in a syndicated deal. Yep. Um, although you still can sell shares in a syndicated deal. Um, well, the ones I do. Um, and I'd say you. I don't know. I, I'm I'm proud of my single family home, and I'm proud of the the 250, 168 units too. But it's kind of cool to say, hey, I own three homes, four homes. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> you know, it, it's also. Well, okay. So another advantage of single-family homes is if you hold on to it for 15, 20, 30 years, it's yours and nobody else can tell you what to do with it. 100% Whereas, ownership. Yeah, and control. And control. Whereas in a syndicated deal, you might have a vote, but you won't have control um, of of the deal. And if you get voted uh, in a different direction that you want to go, then you just kind of go along for the ride. Now, I doubt that would ever happen because um, typically there's a very clear option and what a recommend what the recommendation is. But you you don't have the control that you would with single family. Yeah, uh, th- yeah, those are all great points. I'm I'm a uh, call me a control freak, but you know, episode number two, the ten rules of successful real estate investing. One of the key things I harp on is maintain control. You know, and this is why I don't like investing in mutual funds and stocks and, you know, paper assets and things that you have no control over. That's the great thing about investment real estate is that you have complete control. Now, that may not be entirely true with a syndication, but I still do like the concept of a syndication. And I think it's a great investment opportunity for many people for the right person, of course. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great comparison. So, Joe, tell me what your favorite real estate book is. We're going to kind of wrap it up here, and I always like to ask, what is your favorite real estate investing book? I would say um, Equity Happens would be one I always recommend to people, and it just talks about how to build equity. And they, they focus on single-family homes, but 
the principles can be applied for for other invest for other types of investments in real estate as well. Yeah, good book. Unfortunately, it's not in print anymore. Uh, the last time I checked, it was going for two hundred dollars a copy. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. However, the good news is is they are looking at releasing a second edition of the book later this year, so that book will be coming back out. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. It is a good book. So, Joe, tell our listeners, how can they find you and your podcast? Where can they contact you? Oh, well, really simple. My name, Joe Fairless, J-O-E-F as in Frank, A-I-R-L-E-S-S.com. So, JoeFairless.com. And on my website, there's a free crash course for real estate investing. Uh, You can go check that out. And it has to do with passive investing because it has to do with buying single-family homes. Great. Um, And uh, then I've, uh, I've got my podcast, as you know. So if you just Google my name, Joe Fairless, um, my podcast is probably going to be like the second link. And, and it's a daily show. I've interviewed Barbara Corcoran, Robert Kiyosaki. I've interviewed you, Marco. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I've interviewed all the greats. So you can go check that out. And it's a very quick-hitting format. We don't talk about any of the fluff. We get straight to what is the real estate investor's best advice ever. And uh, we talk about that. Yeah, I agree. Great podcast. I, I suggest you check it out. It's uh, well worth your time. Joe, you've been a great guest. I really enjoyed having you on the show. I appreciate your time, and I look forward to uh, doing some other things with you. Thanks so much, Marco. Thanks, Joe. You take care. Thanks, everyone. Well, that was a great interview with our guest, Joe Fairless. Great guy and uh, really ambitious. He's just gone from a good start with four residential properties in Texas and just exploded his Uh, depth of real estate knowledge and experience through some syndications on a 168-unit deal and now a 258-unit apartment. So uh, congratulations to Joe. And in wrapping up today's show, let's just quickly talk about today's deal of the day. I know some investors have given me some feedback. They say they like the highlights and the overview of uh, some of the deals that we have. But today I'll tell you about one that we have in Atlanta. It's a new property that has come up on Woodbine Trail in Lithia Springs. Great area. And this is a three bedroom, two bath home for $95,000. It rents for a 1% rent to value ratio, which means that it rents for $950. And that's great because when you deduct the property taxes, insurance and management, you have a net operating income in the neighborhood of $7,500 per year. And if you finance this with as little as 20% down, you have a positive cash flow of about $2,600 a year net. That's after vacancy allowance, that's after maintenance and reserves, that is net to you. So that gives you a 12.2% cash on cash return and a 43% total return on investment. Another great deal. That one is under renovation right now and we expect to have post rehab photos coming up soon. Again, you can check that out on our main website, noradarealestate.com, N-O-R-A-D-A, realestate.com. As always, it's great to have you here. And if you haven't done so, download our free report, The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com. And if you have a question or show topic, you can submit a contact form or a voicemail right from that website. Please remember to subscribe if you haven't done so already. And if you can leave us a comment, a rating, and review on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it. That really does help us. Other than that, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Have a great week.
nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.